Welcome to episode 12 of the EKV podcast. In this episode, we have with us our very own and special creative director, Ria Gupte. She is also a multidisciplinary artist, writer, poet, photographer and consultant. Her work combines aesthetic explorations with communicating and investigating emotions, thoughts and social narratives. We talk about her life as an independent artist, where it all began, and her experiences with different kinds of work. She has personally been an inspiration for me in structuring routines, planning and being intentional with the work we do and the ways in which we live our lives. She shares with us her thoughts on year-end reflection and planning and offers some points and ideas to help us all get started. And I'm so excited for you to listen to this conversation. Thank you so much, Ria, for joining us. Uh, This is such an exciting episode. It's something that I've wanted to do ever since we started the podcast. And I couldn't think of a better person to have this conversation with. Uh, We're doing this at the perfect time when everybody is kind of reflecting and planning for the future and you know what they want to do both professionally and personally so I wanted to kind of understand you better I mean of course we've known each other for quite some time now but I'd love for our audience to hear your thoughts and opinions on you know how you work how you live your life and how you plan for the future so my first question to you is before we dive into all of that My first question is, can you tell us and our listeners a little bit more about the work that you do, Um, both, you know, the different mediums that you work in uh, and the different uh, formats that it spans across? Sure, of course. Thanks so much for having me, Navi. Um, I I love what our podcast is doing and the kind of people we have on board. So it's really exciting to be here. Um, So I am a visual artist. I have been working mainly as a lens-based artist. I work uh, with a lot of still life. Um, A lot of my work has, um, um, is kind of centered around self-growth, climate change, and what pieces of art sort of can do to communicate um, the current Um, climate that the world is in. Um, I try to make my pieces be conversation starters, which can sort of sow a seed of some kind of a thought in people who are viewing that work. um, And hopefully they can reflect on it later uh, in their own time. Um, And I also work as the creative director at Ikiwi. My work at Ikiwi mainly involves uh, figuring out our visual language and the visual design that Ikiwi has, along with the kind of subject matters that we speak about as a brand, how we communicate them, um, sustainability, uh, minimal waste, uh, low climate impact, again, are are topics that are really important to us as a brand and uh, how we communicate those and take those further are things that um, sort of uh, we work on with our team, with our creative team. Um, Yeah, and then I also work as a writer. I build strategies um, for brands and businesses where they can communicate uh, with authenticity to their audience and 
take the audience in on their journeys rather than talk to an audience and i'm also a poet so i write a lot of poetry and in my personal time i'm always up to doing something creative and working on a bunch of different projects which sort of feel fulfilling so yeah that's kind of me <laughs> and is, that i do is there something exciting is there a particular project that you recently completed that you're excited about Yes, I did. I did. I'm actually it's a little bit ongoing but it's uh, complete enough that I can talk about it. I'm working on this series of um artworks with wild flowers. Um they uh, it's a still life series which I shoot in my home studio and um the message of that uh series is basically to kind of bring a rewilding into your art practice and move away from like commercialized flowers and how we can sort of interrogate that area of um what kind of objects we photograph and what those objects kind of tell as stories mm-hmm. um so that is something that i'm really excited about i'll be releasing uh, the prints for those soon and uh, yeah in general i'm also working on figuring out um a setup for my art print shop so people can actually purchase my prints cuz i've been getting a lot of interest in people having the prints in their homes so um that is something i'm kind of excited about yeah so both those things are like works in progress exciting do you have a date of when you're launching your art shop not at the moment because it's something i'm doing on the side along with uh, commissions and other things but i'm hoping for it to be together early next year um yeah that's that's the plan of sorts but i'm not very uh, hard on myself if it gets postponed a little bit more cuz i want to do it in a very specific way and i want to kind of take care of where the printing happens how it happens i want everything to be sustainable packaged really well and all the prints are going to be sort of limited edition signed by me so i want every part of it to sort of be really meaningful and authentic to who i am as an artist so i'm i'm really taking my time with it and slowly figuring it out yay so exciting um <laughs> Are there some commonalities you feel with the different kinds of works that you do that makes it exciting or is it or is there some i mean something that's common that brings about a certain feeling I think in general I realize that my work always has some kind of an emotional connection so I think more about the emotions that I want to portray through my work rather than um what i want to photograph so the subject almost is an afterthought it always starts with an emotion or a feeling and if i am thinking about for example grief or loss then it starts from that very visceral state of being within that feeling and reflecting on it and a lot of my work also starts with just writing so writing about those emotions and what they bring about in me and later on the thought of okay how can i now translate this into a visual language which is um away from the written but um to uh really take the time to focus on the emotion that needs to be communicated and then thinking about the subject i feel helps that process similar process happen in the viewer of the work as well because mm-hmm. they can then see um 
I think it becomes a reflective process for them as well in some way. And uh, a lot of people who see my work connect with it emotionally, which I feel really um, happy and satisfied and like fulfilled about, um, because I feel like as human beings, we are all kind of facing very similar experiences in many ways. And of course, we all have very different um paths to those experiences but the core emotions are so similar in many uh, in many scenarios and i mm-hmm. feel like that is something i think that connects through all of my work whether it is creative direction or art or anything else that i do i think the emotions kind of lie at the base of it is it also the case with like commercially driven projects for you like do you follow that same process with that as well I feel that commercially driven projects I I think that my practice has really evolved over time because when you're starting out you you like I think money as such is such a big factor of starting out as an artist and how you sustain your own practice whether it's as a photographer or an artist becomes the main focus of your work but over time I feel like I have now spent more than a decade working on this and I feel like I've sort of earned my freedom to now choose the kind of projects that I work from work on and I'm very cognizant of that and I don't take it lightly and I try to always keep that in mind for myself as well to have that understanding that it has been a really gradual process to now reach here where i can actually work with clients who um sort of attach themselves to me in that capacity of having that kind of an emotional connection first and the commercial aspect later but it definitely did not happen overnight it was a very very gradual process and it had to do with so many different um reflections and trying to understand slowly the kind of things that i wanted to let go of and the things that i wanted to continue doing and slowly building my practice through those things and yeah it was definitely not an overnight um process and there are so many intersections to that in terms of where i come from or my privilege in general played such a big part in um in what i could kind of give up over time i so i'm i'm quite aware of all of those areas and um i try to now having reached this sort of a position where i feel like i have that independence i'm trying to think of more ways in which i can give back and support younger creatives and do more things like within those spaces and have my art talk about the things which really matter um wide into a wider community and um yeah on the side and it was still a lot of hard work in general like going to auditions and figuring out um how all of that worked and i was quite young at that time like 17 years old or so and from there i realized that there is a lot of power in sort of building your own identity and not really having to um work with a company necessarily because i had those experiences early on uh, while i was still in college working with different clients and um sort of uh, having those types of conversations um so i felt like um once i graduated from college i wanted to sort of pursue certain things full time for example while i was still in college i had also started a blog where i used to uh, which i used to use sort of like a portfolio um 
I used to put a lot of my uh, college assignments basically on that uh, on that blog, and I kind of wanted to figure out how can I do this um, in a more um, full time capacity as I kept as I sort of graduated out of college, but. once i was out of college it was really a mix of so many different things because i started freelancing also as a consultant for this jewelry brand i was still modeling on the side i i was working on my blog pretty much full time um and then as everything sort of grew i was also styling for random projects which kind of came along so it was really a mix of so many different things to be able to make rent to be able to kind of do all the things that are required to kind of live live your life um and um yeah uh, so those days uh, looking back it feels like it was a completely different life but my interests have also evolved and grown so much from there i feel like um it was always i was always creatively inclined but the kind of position i wanted to be in as a creative has changed so much over time um in the sense that uh, i slowly started becoming interested more in photography and being a photographer myself that was something that uh, really intimidated me and if i were to ask my younger self would i ever take this up it not not necessarily <laughs> it was something that was quite alien to me and generally equipment and cameras and um anything technological i used to kind of stay away from so picking up photography was that big leap for me in in that sense because i really wanted to create and i had all these very specific visions that i wanted to sort of bring forth and i i had this sense that although i worked with really really brilliant photographers and i collaborated with so many amazing artists i felt like i really wanted to see my vision come through from start to finish so that was the reason i sort of picked up photography uh, and then art sort of followed because i was very interested in uh, digital art as such so i used to just work for hours together putting different pictures together making collages or trying out different um color tones on different images and so both those careers sort of started blooming together and uh yeah photography had the commercial aspect to it the art i didn't even know what the art industry is all about it was a complete like learning process for for me from scratch and um uh yeah <laughs> how how has the art section of your work kind of unfolded for you now um i feel like uh, so i started my art practice i remember in 2016 i had always wanted to work on this one project and it i just never made time for it and i remember it was the year when my grandfather passed away and it became this really therapeutic process for me to just sit for hours together using my clone stamp to just like replicating certain elements in one picture over and over again and that became a a process of healing for me to kind of go through that pain and grief of losing my grandfather whom i was so close to like we would talk on the phone every day and alongside that i feel it was also poetry which really helped so i feel art and poetry for me have gone really uh, side by side in some way um as i started developing my portfolio i slowly started putting up the work that i was doing on my personal website i built my own portfolio website uh, to showcase my work and it started very slowly with a couple of galleries contacting me to 
showcase at a couple of small group exhibitions that they were doing um later on i also started myself contacting a bunch of galleries whom i thought kind of aligned with my work and the voice that i have um so it was a very gradual process and it was such a huge learning process for me just going to all these different art gallery websites and understanding what is even happening like what are mm. open calls what are group exhibitions how does somebody get a solo exhibition um the problematic things even happening in the art world like it is such a exclusionary industry as such it's only now that smaller galleries are becoming more inclusive having more diverse voices but historically both photography and art have been such white male dominated industries um so all of those things i slowly kept learning and i sort of made time for that on like a daily basis like 2 hours or so to just sit and learn and like read different artists accounts or read different interviews listen to different uh, people talk about their practice and and then take away certain things and apply them to my own practice um to really understand what i wanted to do because i feel like um when we are I I feel like when we're starting out with anything our ambitions are almost so innocent and naive verging towards being ignorant um that it's it it takes a lot of learning and a lot of work on yourself and in the industry that you're working in to really question the way things are going and let's mm-hmm. go to question should this even be your ambition like is this something as a human being I want to even stand for I want to do like for example exhibiting at so and so museum which is basically like a museum built on colonialism is it something that i want to stand for as a human being and it really takes time to figure out all these things and sometimes you can make mistakes and sometimes you figure things out and make the decisions that you are able to to be away from those kinds of practices and reimagine what success can feel like to you and reimagine what your particular art practice can be um so yeah it's been it's been a long journey um and i'm still learning definitely um yeah but that definitely like you know kind of like you were saying you choose the galleries that you want to work with and those kind of things require so much self confidence and surety from your side um that there is a lot of give and take with you know the decisions that you want to make whether it is to show or not to show whether it but maybe at the same time it can do a lot for your career how do you make such decisions and choices when at least when you're starting off i think when you're starting off it's really difficult i feel now people younger people are so much more educated about these kinds of aspects of life which i feel that we i at least really wasn't at that age and for me it was a learning curve to understand just even what sustainable fashion means which is an industry for example right now that i am so heavily involved in but as a teenager i had no clue about these things like instagram was not prevalent at that time and that's not an excuse i should have been more open to learning or even uh, i studied in a fashion institute and they never sort of broached this subject which is such an important subject of sustainability in fashion um so i feel 
in the beginning it's really difficult to make those choices so you give yourself that allowance of being kind to yourself and being really understanding at a very very deep level that you are a forever work in progress and a work mm-hmm. in process it you are not going to reach any kind of the end at any point because people have worked for decades and decades before you and they are still works in progress so it is really it is really a journey for you to take slowly at your own pace with being kind to yourself with building a community around you of people who are also interested in similar things where you can have a good positive healthy discourse about things because so many of these things are very very nuanced and to build a nuanced understanding of anything takes a really long time it takes a lot of questioning and unlearning and um understanding the world understanding the systems that the world functions in and it's not easy to get all that information together or and i feel personally it's quite dangerous to consume bite sized information and make your decisions as per that you 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 have to kind of make the time to make invest that time to inform yourself about these areas of life and the aspects that kind of um that kind of really harm people and the things that people are doing to reimagine that society and then how can you be a part of it so with with starting out i would say for me at least i made those switches from one switch to the other like i remember very clearly in one year where i decided i would not work with any fast fashion brands at all uh, i remember it was the year 2016 i had already been working um for i think many years i think 5 or 6 years before that with various kinds of clients and i wasn't aware of the mm-hmm. of the things that i then became aware of but from 2016 i made that decision that i don't want to work with uh, any fast fashion brands i started specifically seeking out um slow fashion brands and companies who had those kind of ethos to work with who could align with me it's also and and then of course like i will never say these things in isolation because it has so much to do with your own privilege and the kind of decisions that you are therefore able to make uh, because of that so i don't hold that to anybody else i feel everybody has their own lives that they have to figure out for themselves and what can work for one person may not necessarily work for someone else but i feel as you grow and as you are able to make those decisions i feel like it almost becomes our responsibility to understand these things and therefore make those decisions for ourselves especially when you start moving into a position of power where you are able to uh make those decisions so yeah. um so it was like differentiating between what is a need and what is greed like that mm-hmm. is very important because as you become more and more successful you the, that very capitalistic mentality that we are all sort of it's ingrained in us since yeah. we are little we start thinking about things in that way but if you pause and you really question yourself like wait is this even something you want to do is having a mansion with a pool really lot or is that something that's just been fed to you over and over again by the media and it's something that is actually completely alien to you and something you don't relate to at all so um 
Yeah, I feel questioning yourself, reframing your ambitions and um learning as much as you can from people who know more than you and also then listening to things critically and figuring out what does and doesn't work for you and being open to also being wrong and um yeah. knowing that it's all right you can you can change as a human being you can forever continue to evolve and change even if you thought of something in one way today if tomorrow you get factual information that tells you that no this is actually not something that is helpful uh, you can kind of realign yourself and think differently so that's how you can use that's the kind of mindset you can use to lead your life as a freelancer as well i always think of my freelance practice as an art practice also because there are learnings and there are pitfalls and it's not like a straight linear journey there's a lot that you can um engage with and step away from because it's up to you the kind of spaces that you occupy and what what you kind of stand for so i think that has been um that has been a long and very very mindful journey i would say where um i have tried to think about all the different aspects and then make choices accordingly yeah. and it all kind of comes together at some point i think that sometimes we really put so much pressure on ourselves to, for it to be perfectly done a certain way whether it's like whatever it is so i think it's just important to realize that you can constantly keep improving and growing yourself i think that's such a powerful point yeah yeah i feel perfectionism again is such a black and white way of looking at something and nothing is ever going to be perfect you are never going to be perfect but what you can do is invest your time in being the most authentic being the most honest um in all the areas of your life and trying to do that with as much um kind of prioritizing that is needed so mm-hmm. that those things really stand out uh for you as a human being because uh yeah I, just this year i feel i have kind of let go of uh my um, sort of will to have this really perfect first draft when i write anything and that mm-hmm. was such a toxic attitude i feel because it doesn't allow you to really express yourself in a way where you are giving yourself that self compassion or that kindness where you're saying yeah just write um mm-hmm. it's okay. uh, just go ahead and write whatever you need to you can edit it a 10000 yeah. if you want to but just write that first um that first draft so um yeah that has been really um that has been really uh liberating me to let go of that sort of habit i don't know if i can call it a habit but a mindset almost yeah yeah, yeah. so you've told us about the different kinds of work that you do and what drives you within each of these whether it's art or writing or photography um how do you organize and plan your work from a more organizational point of view um and is there any particular system that you like to follow so wow how can i sort of sum this up i think 
my thoughts about organizing myself have changed drastically since i was little i feel so since i was little i was quite a disciplinarian like my grandparents were very much like by the clock type of people and i sort of learned it from them i think so i would always self organize like no one used to have to tell me to do my homework or to do um anything else that needed to be done i was very much uh figuring things out on my own and as i have sort of grown i have kind of fine tuned those routines and what really works for me from the health perspective and the mental health perspective and the anti capitalist perspective where you're not chasing productivity all the time but you are trying to figure out what feels really good for you what feels healthy for you what feels um something that i have sort of realized it what is what adds poetry to your life so what mm. is a way to live every day that will make your life engage with the poetic and for me it could even literally be poetry but for others it they can sort of draw a parallel to whatever that sort of word is in their life and then figure out certain systems or ways of being around that word or around that um around that mindset so i am quite free flowing i feel throughout the day i have certain um things in place where i have sort of divided my day into let's say three parts where i then focus on one one different aspect of my work in each of those parts but if on one day i'm i'm not really feeling like doing that particular part i move on to something else or i move on to like a different path so i feel like i have now with so many years of practice i've been able to figure out systems which are useful but they are not rigid they are not rigid such that they pressurize you into just becoming completely immobile and where you can't uh, if you don't do something as per the system you get into this almost like self hatred or such a mm. self critical dark mode that that takes you then so many days to sort of come out of um yeah yeah so i feel like that um that fluidity along with certain um divisions in the day have really sort of helped me then i do a couple of things which are uh which have always worked for me like using the pomodoro technique of work with where i work for 25 minutes at a stretch and then take a 5 minute break and then resume work again for 25 minutes so that really helps have these really focused bursts of time and it especially helps people who find it difficult to focus for periods of time but for me i'm somebody who can sit and work for even 4 to 5 hours straight without getting up and that is so unhealthy uh that is like the un- most unhealthy thing you can do for your back and your neck so um i i compulsorily get up i walk around i do like some kind of stretches during those times and also just think about the next thing that you want to do because so many times we get into the zone of just doing 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 and mm. there is no time to think there is no time to really um evaluate what is your next step does it really even need to be this do you want to change it up and do something else instead so having those little pockets of time to just relax your body relax your mind and then get back it almost feels like a refreshing little thing you know um to kind of give yourself 
um so yeah i think these are the things that i follow as much as possible i don't work on weekends i started this rule a couple of years back where i don't work on weekends at all and that has been so useful for me um and no keeping specific hours of phone time if needed has been so useful mm. for me uh, i feel like so many of us are just getting distracted by using our phone over and over again when there's actually nothing to see on it nothing <laughs> new uh, literally nothing is happening um it is such a toxic addictive pattern of being uh, that it takes so long once you identify to even come out of it so i try to follow that there are certain areas in my home uh, like the bedroom or like a couple of other areas where i don't take my phone at all and i do slip mm. from time to time where i'm like oh, let me just see something um but i try to really enforce that and be mindful of that because um i feel just holding your attention and being with yourself is so useful if you if we can just do that as human beings we can do so much with our day we can do so much with our day of what we really want to do and not get distracted by what others are doing yeah. or um have any of any of those thoughts which actually really did not require any space you know in our mind yeah. um so i think yeah i think those are the kind of things that i generally try and stay mindful of and yeah i also It, try not to have really overwhelming days of long to do lists which are never going to get over i think this is something we've talked about before as well but um a lot of times people will make these long to do lists and i used to do that too where there used to be like 15 things on the to do list and i obviously know in the whatever number of hours i have of work it's never going to get over <laughs> and it is something you do which really sets yourself up for failure because then you feel like you didn't do anything when when actually maybe you did the one thing which was the most important and that was enough to be done for that day so hmm. questioning this whole productivity hustle culture mindset has been such a good learning and like growth journey for me um like the book how how to do nothing it's such a brilliant book um yeah consuming more of that kind of um writing has really helped me figure out things around my life in general and reimagine how my life could be and what i want to achieve with each day and if i just want each day to just flow and just be um that's fine too do you as a as a as an independent artist do you set your schedule like do you also do like 9 to 5 is that a schedule that works for you or do you kind of piece it out through the day do you have different times where you feel like you want to do different things i love to live by my schedule like i love it i it gives me so much security i have come to realize that having a routine and having these systems are actually the best for my mental health the way i function and the way i work i feel so safe and secure when i have uh when i have a set 
number of things that I'm going to do in a day. So I really love to have a routine, but I do also um, reflect on that routine almost every two or three months because the kind of work I do, sometimes things change. There's sometimes shoots which need to happen in the morning versus something, for example, needs some other kind of light. So it has to happen in the evening, let's say. So there's always that kind of um change depending on the kind of project I'm working on. So I intervene and kind of rebuild my routine uh, every two or three months. But I really like to have that coziness almost of being in a nice routine where I feel like I'm flowing with time. Things are not overwhelming. Things are really beautiful. And um, everything has a time dedicated to it right from literally like sweeping the floor to dusting things in the house to doing all my art projects like I'm dedicating time to everything because all those aspects of my life are important to me like just having really beautiful art but then having my home chores or like bank related things go in shambles is not the ideal life for me so although certain activities may be more enjoyable than others it's also about prioritizing that all of these things together build your life to be the way you sort of want it to be um, I read this really nice quote by Annie Dillard about how you spend, she says how you spend your days is how you spend your life. And I love that so much because it really tells you things at that molecular level and that huge sort of, uh, if you think of your life as an ocean sort of a level yeah, uh, where you, where your life is not just going to become this kind of ideal thing just one day randomly you know it's it's those small molecules that you have to really take care of which then kind of come together to make you feel a certain way about the kind of life that you're living and I remember once that you were saying that you have like in the middle of your day you're doing 20 minutes or 10 minutes of learning how to play the drums and then another 20 minutes of reading and I'm like in the middle of your day you're doing all of these things I think at that point I was like is that even okay like who who is telling me that it's not okay that's when I started questioning it and I'm like oh I can actually take that decision for myself yes I yes I mean so much of how we live and spend each of our days is ingrained in this is how things be and it is like society which has sort of dictated that you cannot play the drums at nine in the morning you must do like some kind of productive work what they think of as productive but that may not work for you I also feel like all of these notions of what works and what doesn't work is has has these very very problematic ableist connotations because everyone's mind doesn't work the same everyone's body doesn't work the same how you sort of um, have how you sort of um, find your streak of like I had a fulfilling day will be so different to me or to somebody else or and there's so many different kinds of people that we have to take into consideration. Like there are some people who love to focus and work for a stretch of time. Um, and like also the difference between in general neurodivergent people and neurotypical people where all of us work so differently and our brains work so differently that we need to make that space for 
everyone to just have the kind of day they want to have you know without these pressures and a lot of times we pressure ourselves into fitting some kind of a mold or some kind of a um, prerequisite which really isn't suitable for our life at all and um yeah once we sort of come out of that and start questioning exactly like you said why do i have to do it what is wrong with it uh i think we start seeing other paths and we start also solving our own problems creatively then for example if you just don't feel like getting up from bed uh to work in the morning for any reason but maybe you'd love to wake up and play the piano so just play the piano for a little bit of time get yourself in that groove and then move on to something else altogether yeah um, yeah so it sort of gives us those it sort of allows us to problem solve for life in this really creative way which i find uh, which i find like exciting um when there are no rules and you make your own rules of how you want to sort of figure things out yeah and i think just talking about how uh we have the power to make choices i remember once we were talking about you being in goa and uh it was you were telling me that there was there were a bunch of people that were saying you're so lucky to have moved to goa but it's and and, and you were saying that it was your like you made choices to be there it's not like luck came upon you and that's why you're in goa but you chose and consciously made certain decisions to be in goa because that's what you wanted to do um and you've definitely been extremely mindful and intentional both with the kind of work that you do uh and also with your work itself um what do you find most rewarding about making such choices or planning or organizing your things in accordance with them hmm the most rewarding i think a few months back my answer might have been that i especially when it comes to work and being able to do the work that i have sort of set myself up to do i maybe would have said that it almost makes me feel worthy to when my work is going at the pace where i want it to go but that is something that i have i think in some way successfully reframe where now i don't equate my worth to my work i'm i've moved more towards um the mindset of every human being is worthy it doesn't matter if they are contributing in any way or doing anything everyone is worthy and they should all have a full life i feel having these things in place contributes to my creativity on one side i feel like with the choices that i have made i've been able to move closer and closer to my creative self and i've kind of come to this place where now i'm able to explore so many different avenues of my creativity in the way that i wanted to and of course moving away from the city comes with its own set of giving up certain opportunities as well it's not a uh, very straightforward where um if you live if you choose to live elsewhere um you can uh your life will be exactly the same of course not it changes and then you sort of weigh what is more important to you and what is something that you can let go of um so i think creatively these choices have really helped me it has 
also allowed me to grow as a human being because i am making choices which are in alignment with who i am and um who i sort of want to be as well um i like i enjoy living a small life i enjoy having simple things um people around me who i love um my art practice just working in isolation is something i enjoy like like a photographer's dream could be to be on set with like 300 people and that is valid absolutely for somebody who has that dream but it wasn't for me so i feel like just understanding yourself has such a huge impact on the kind of work that you choose to take and the kind of choices that you make in your life but then i also want to say that i had the privilege of choice as well that um there were so many factors um so many factors in my life which did allow me to make those choices which i was able to make which everybody doesn't have so i am cognizant of that and i feel like um yeah that things are not in a vacuum there is like so many systems at play when and when when anything is given an allowance like if you have the choice to do something it is um because of so many other things societally also that you are allowed to sort of then make that choice so mm-hmm. yeah it's different i feel for different people and yeah yeah um so there's short term planning that could be weekly monthly yearly and then there's long term planning uh how do you plan for the long term both professionally as well as personally um and it kind of tends to be both inspiring as well as overwhelming if it is a long term goal inspiring because you want to achieve these things or you want to do these things but it can also be overwhelming because of the time it takes to achieve it or the amount of work that kind of goes into actually doing those tasks to get to where you want to be um are there or have there been any prompts journals or resources uh, that help you in envisioning what kind of a life you want to lead say like 5 years from now um so this was a process for me like i don't think eight years back i was even able to plan for a year down the line forget like five years down the line it is so overwhelming to think about it as a 20 something year old at the time to even envision what your life is going to be. at least i did not have that i vision. think it's still overwhelming <laughs> i should not have that vision at all whatsoever um i used to plan for i think three months at best and try to sort of come back come back from there but as i everything requires practice right so planning requires practice as well or envisioning things requires practice as well that's how i sort of see it over time i was able to sort of increase those durations um in some way i think it had to do with how sure i was becoming of myself and in some way it had to do with how i was uh embracing the uncertainty of life as well because um both things play a part very very um very very pertinently when you are doing any sort of planning um so i feel like since the last 5 years i've been able to sort of increase a year or so into the planning and 
I do it usually with my partner on New Year's. We'll sit together and put like have like some pieces of paper where we'll write down different areas of our life and where we want to be in them. So those areas of life, we've only put the prompts together, like together, uh, both of us is putting our heads together. Uh, we have uh, where do we want to be health wise? Where do we want to be in our relationships? Uh, what do we want to be doing work wise? Um, there's like a lot of those aspects monetarily where do we want to be uh, community wise what kind of things do we want to do to help uh, the communities that uh, are around us um, so it has like these 12 or so I think headings which we then sort of sit and write down so that's a little bit like journaling of figuring out where do you want to be and we just write down free-flowingly uh, whatever we're thinking of, whatever we have in mind. And at that time, we don't really stop ourselves. We just allow ourselves to write, even if it may be um, uh, impractical or whatever it is. And then we sort of discuss it together and then streamline it and bring it down. So at the moment, we have like a five-year plan stuck on our fridge. <laughs> and it has a bunch of things where I feel right now it looks, at least last year when we made it, it looked very much like a solid plan that we're <laughs> going to do this. And it was, and I must say, it was a bit of an over-ambitious plan because we wanted to do these two very big projects, which, out of which one project we just let go of in the middle of the year. Like, that's not happening. We're not going to do that. <laughs> But, you know, having that adaptability to not being completely shattered and disappointed when things don't go exactly your way, but to take it in your stride and think of getting rid of things is as important as doing certain things. Because when you get rid of certain things, you're prioritizing the other things in your life. So that is something that has also been a learning for us. So now this year at New Year's, we'll sort of sit and make another plan uh, with similar prompts and we also um, do these reviews where we look at that paper so it's not something that's forgotten throughout the year but we'll every three months or so we'll sit and sort of discuss all the things that we wrote do we want to change anything what's happening with something there's a couple of points which you've not paid attention to altogether so um yeah so it's like uh, making it sort of like a fun process doing it with someone really uh, is encouraging I feel because then you also have a partner who you can um, discuss it with and if things aren't going that well you can sort of find solutions as well together. Uh, Do you have one five-year goal like one part of it that you'd like to can you that you can share with us but then yeah. how do you put it into action and how do you I think my art practice in general has been a goal of sorts for me to um, figure out um, over time so because I remember it so clearly in how I started and how it has evolved over time but I also want to say that my goals are not um, are not reward based they are more practice based so mm -hmm. all the goals that are there even in the five-year plan they are that I want to consistently make this type of art whether it's on a daily basis or a weekly basis or monthly basis, whatever it is, it's about my actions. It's never about what this should culminate into. Mm. So um, that I find really important because there are certain factors that are in your hands and factors that aren't. But a lot of times we focus on the factors that are not in your hands. Like, for example, uh, you want 
to sell X number of products, let's say, or you want a solo exhibition at a so-and-so gallery. And yes, you can, of course, work towards getting that, but it's the type of goal which is not fully in your control and therefore you can never truly predict if it's something that's going to go your way or not. But on the other hand, if your goal is to complete three series of, let's say, 25 pieces of art, that is something that is 100% in your control. And mm. that is something you can work towards consistently the way you want to. You can structure your day and your life to incorporate that if that is a priority for you. So I like to think about things in that way. And I feel like my art practice has been a great example of that where my goals were always to try and put together maybe X number of pieces or to show up X number of days in a week in order to just sit and think or to spend these many minutes just learning about how things work in the art industry as such. So they were always kind of based on my actions and never on what, how it's going to be received or what I'm going to get through those mm-hmm. actions. So, um, yeah, I, I think, and all our goals are sort of oriented in that way. And that becomes, that becomes, I feel a healthier way to keep yourself accountable as well, because it is completely based on your own actions. And if something is not working, um, you can change yourself or you can change your goal or, or you can kind of adjust it to fit into um into whatever the realities of your life are because maybe it's just something that is not going to happen even knowing that is so important like just this year uh, I mean this the last couple of months I've been trying to do certain artworks consistently and it has just not happened because there's been so much going on uh, so many things that I have had to um, I wanted to rather uh, give my time to instead of this but I never sh- shifted that expectation of myself so you cannot put more on yourself without mm-hmm. taking something off as well so everything is about prioritizing and figuring out um, what needs to stay and what needs to go because if three new things get added at least two or three things have to go as well. But we a lot of times just pile things on and then become hard on ourselves to uh, hard on ourselves in saying that I haven't been able to do this, I haven't done that. And there's that lack of kindness that people have, that we have towards ourselves, which I feel we need to shift even when we set our goals or we think long term about our lives uh, to keep the reality of life in mind because you know those uh, people give those like uh, very general advice of follow your dreams do this do that but there's like 10 things that can happen in your life which are going to come in the way of your dream and that's not to demotivate anybody and say that so don't follow your dreams but take into account the factors of your life and follow your dreams with that kindness towards yourself and your dream and the other things that you're giving time to yeah so I'm going to assume that, you know, all these five-year goals, kind of you break it down into yearly goals or yearly practices that you want to follow. And then it becomes monthly and then daily as well. How are you flexible? How do you be kind to yourself in a day? So say, again, I'm going back to your 
drum playing example because i just i i feel like that was so uh, inspiring because you were you would just allocate a certain number of minutes in a day to just practicing the drum and you and and i remember you telling me that in in a in 6 months or a year it will be this many minutes of me practicing it and i was like it's such a simple thought but it's so powerful so how do you how are you kind to yourself through the day to kind of go through these practices but at the same time not feel overwhelmed by how many things that you want to do you know yeah i feel i feel you have to really take into account the reality of yourself and be really introspective and reflective at the end of your day so there can be a routine that i have set where i have put together let's say x number of things but it does feel overwhelming and i don't want to have an overwhelming day like i don't want to live an overwhelming life so then it's up to me to cut down on certain things so if for example the jumps cannot be a part of these 3 months you have to be fine with it that it cannot be a part of these 3 mm-hmm. months if my family requires me more if um if certain other areas of my life require me more um it's not i don't even look at it as a sacrifice it is literally prioritizing because you prioritize something else over this and you accept that a lot of times you pra- people prioritize but they don't accept that mm-hmm. this is now your priority and that's fine uh, you have chosen this as your priority and that acceptance i feel allows for kindness because as soon as you accept that you're going to do these three things and not these 10 things you start becoming accepting towards what you are capable of doing in the in that day and also feeling like if then on certain days you're able to add maybe one other thing you put in put it in a little bit and that's fine too but to prioritize three things and then to expect yourself to still do 10 things that's not all right and i feel like that is a road to to going into this really dark place of being extremely self critical being almost critical to the point where you're unrealistic about yourself because you have only 24 hours like everybody else and if you have put these three things in your top priority then you have to also give up on certain things and i'm not saying those diffi- those decisions are easy to make they're very difficult and it requires a lot of introspection and a lot of kind of going within and figuring out what is it that you want to do Hmm. but it is worth the time i feel and all of these things take a lot of time to plan to reflect to kind of reevaluate to come back to that again it all requires quite a bit of time but it is so worth it because then you're kind of flowing in a really beautiful way for the rest of the days and then you keep some time again to reflect and reevaluate and figure oh could, what could i have done differently how was i feeling um would i have changed anything um if i wasn't able to do x thing was what was the reason for that you know something as simple as you just want to do something in the morning and you keep schedule scheduling to do it in the evening even just 
a simple mindfulness about that can really change how you think um how you approach yourself and your routine and uh, your own self image and self worth because now you are thinking about yourself as somebody who just doesn't want to do this or is a failure at doing this taking mm. it to the extreme which i'm sure all of us have the pattern of kind of sinking into yeah. but but you've just not figured out the correct time to do that thing and actually if you had you were to schedule it in the morning you would be super happy doing it and you would probably be doing it every single day um so yeah i think so much of it is just conversation with yourself mm-hmm. and um having those meetings with yourself to really ask yourself the, these questions and then come up and then figure out what um the answers to those questions could be and then how you want to change accordingly yeah and i think also just awareness of how you feel after doing certain things right like i've noticed myself like enjoying doing certain things at certain times of the day especially in the mornings because that's when i feel the most alert and awake like i feel like even sentences are formed better in the mornings as opposed to the evening so i think it there is a lot of like awareness also that you have to have through the day um in terms of reflection and reflecting on what you have done this previous year especially now that we're in december and we're talking about you know what we want to do and making plans a large part of it is also reflection uh is there something you do at the end of the year generally to reflect on what you've been doing what you've been up to both per- personally as, as well as professionally and do, do you have like again certain prompts or questions that you ask yourself uh towards the end of the year i i do actually do this rich it's like a yearly ritual that i do with my partner and two of our closest friends well all four of us will sit together and sort of take a look back um uh, into the whole year that we've had and the good things the bad things the challenges um keep making space to also appreciate ourselves and look at things um in a different perspective things that taught us some something completely different i don't know if there was a particular prompt there was definitely some kind of a year end reflection website which had all these questions mm-hmm. we had once um put together and kind of we wrote uh, wrote things down i remember this one time there was also a booklet which you could print out and it had all these questions it was like a worksheet almost which you could then write and then we we all wrote our answers and then shared things between each other um we also so did a post last and, year with yeah, this yeah we did we did yes maybe a link in the description to that yes um so yeah i think just using the internet and figuring out what what feels the most exciting not necessarily a very set number of questions i would say but uh whatever feels fun and exciting and reflective like all together just finding those types of prompts and then doing that but i think later later like my partner and i we do the whole year planning uh, right together so in that we also look back on things that mm-hmm. did work that didn't work and what we want to sort of drop or what we want to give more time to um those types of things um yeah i think just in general having co- open ended conversations about how the year went and having a very realistic attitude towards it rather than 
sometimes if the last month has gone really badly or really well you feel like the whole year was yeah but to really look at it month on month um instead of just like a small little um some kind of a biased attitude towards your entire year that i feel is useful yeah yeah okay so my last question to you is for book recommendations because i personally have loved getting book recommendations from you and i think it's just been super helpful um but if you have any book recommendations specifically on the kind of the topics that we've been talking about with reflection planning intentional living uh, mindfulness and those kind of things so the one that i spoke about earlier how to do nothing by jenny odell that one's a beautiful book i have just found my new favorite book of all time which is called how do you live it's by this uh, author named genzaburo yoshino and it is a it is a book which is going to become uh, a studio ghibli film uh, so hayao miyazaki is going to be his last film coming out of retirement and making a film on that book it's a beautiful book about how to live life about philosophy the innocence of childhood um it's a really beautiful book i'm actually going to write about this book in my very first newsletter as well so yay that <laughs> hopefully in december and um this the, like this book is the first thing that i'm going to write about so i'm excited about that it's a beautiful book i feel everybody should read it um and i'm sure everyone can draw so much out of it I feel also just consuming a lot of um anti-capitalist writing has also helped in general to just shift your mindset altogether there is this uh, uh platform called the anarchistlibrary.org I read a lot of work from there which talks about also power systems and systems mm. systemic oppression in general and what a new way of living could be so it's not directly relevant to this but i feel it is at a different level where if you learn more about it you can sort of take in areas and aspects of it and kind of add them to your life so yeah that's all i can think about right now maybe we can add more in the description if you think of yes. some more yes. <laughs> <laughs> thank you riya so much for having this conversation it was so much fun and i i'm so lucky and glad and grateful that i can continue having these conversations with you selfishly <laughs> but thank you so much for taking the time to be a part of this thank you for having me it was lovely uh, to chat with you as always and i feel so lucky to have you in my life to have conversations If you enjoyed this conversation, don't forget to subscribe to the Ikivi podcast, a space for discussion on living meaningful and fuller lives each day. The Ikivi podcast is a property edited and produced by the team at Ikivi.